0: Hi, I'm Glenn, and I'm Jim, and welcome to the Backstage Show. Roll with it, roll with it. How long is the theme? It's probably over by by now. Should we start talking? Probably. (laughs) Welcome to this week's episode of The Backstage Show. So how's your week been going, Jim? Oh, just fantastic. I've been uh, all over the place, as it were. All right. Very good. I've been stuck at home trying to work. Sorry to hear that. (laughs) That's all right. So I think what we're going to do is have a little discussion that we're entitling, Why Community Theater? Why not? That's a very good point. (laughs) Tune in next week where we'll be answering the question, Why not Community Theater? I mean, it's an interesting question because people do ask that of me once in a while. It's particularly, like, people that don't already do community theater. They kind of want to know, like, why are you doing this? Is this something that... Therapy. Therapy, yeah. (laughs) I mean, to some (laughs) extent, I think it is. uh, And cheaper. Um, Yeah, yeah. But... People seem to think that maybe you're trying to use that as a stepping stone for professional theater, but I think most people that are working in community theater don't have any interest in becoming professional.
1: That would be my guess. It certainly kind of applies in my case. I think many people involved with community theater either really never had professional aspirations, or Mm. if they did at one time then they may have been turned off by the challenges and difficulties of actually trying to make a living out of it. Yeah,
0: or they tried and, quite frankly, couldn't make a living. I mean, just because you might not be successful in a professional theater uh, arena, that doesn't necessarily mean that, A, you're not good, or B, not even better than most community theater actors.
1: Yes, because uh, talent... Uh, at least in the professional realm, talent is not necessarily the be all and end all. This
0: is true. I think there's just a certain amount of luck and looks. And I know I don't have the looks for <laughs> professional. <laughs> we acting. have faces for podcasts. Yes, we do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I I would tend to think most of the people I've worked with have probably been more in that camp as opposed mm-hmm. to currently, at least, thinking professionally minded. About yeah,
0: it. I think I've I I have done shows worked with people who have been involved in professional theater in the past. Like okay. they, they've done, you know, they worked in New York or they worked here or there professionally. And then, you know, they moved on, got their day jobs and said, you know, I still want to be involved in theater. I still want that creative outlet, that escape from my my nine to five.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of where I fall, I think, mostly. Yeah.
0: I think that's where most people fall. It's just something that you have that interest in expressing your creative side but not making a living from it not having that pressure of oh i have to get this role or i don't get paid and i can't afford my rent or i can't eat yeah. yeah
1: yeah exactly there's a whole there's a whole element out of doing something you love and then also trying to make a living out
0: of it yeah i mean it's a it's a competitive area there's a lot of actors out there and not a lot of roles so
1: yeah and geographically speaking the most opportunities tend to be concentrated in certain yeah. areas
0: yeah i mean particularly for stage work you're talking broadway most of the time it's not that there aren't regional theaters it's like right. you know it's the whole if you can make it there you can make it anywhere
1: there are several cities that have a, a theater scene attached oh, sure. to them but probably not as big
0: right right and i mean even in our local area where there is a whole lot of community theaters there's still professional theaters in philly
1: right that... and some outside oh sure very few but some yeah
0: I mean, they tend to be—the regional theaters tend to be a little smaller, but the theaters yeah. uh, in the cities are, are the larger, more like, oh, I've made it kind of theater, Sure, yeah. You
1: have uh, Walnut Street Theater, for uh, instance. Arden. Arden, yeah. Yep. Uh, those are probably some of the best-known examples, but there are plenty of others.
0: Yep, yep. There are definitely a few others in Philly and, as you said, in the outskirts as well. Now, I, I guess one of the other questions is, If you're doing community theater, is that even preparing you to move on to professional theater? Could it be a training ground? It could. I
1: would say it's probably not equivalent to formal educational kind of Mm -hmm. training. and that It's usually not really set up that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't know, credentials-wise, if... I mean, the way I look at it is it's still good experience to have. Sure. But it's not... I mean, I don't know how casting directors would look on that i mean i'm sure they have some they give some uh attention to somebody's prior experience but Mm -hmm. how they weight that against formal classes or training of yeah i mean i guess i've never
0: really looked at you know a theater cv to see what's you know what is really on there like do you just put your roles on there do you put your education do you put specific classes you might have taken i think they usually I i think you'd usually put where the roles were
1: Probably, yeah. On a resume,
0: well, sure, but I mean, do you put more than the roles? Do you put the education down? Do you put other things on there besides just your roles? I would think you do. Yeah, uh, I would think you probably
1: put down any and
0: every somebody out there that got you've a, worked on. Somebody out there must know better than us. You can you can answer that for us because we're curious. Shoot us an email at podcast at backstage You can also call us at two six seven two two five. 8869 and leave either a voicemail or text message. We'd love to hear from you. We always want to engage our audience and have them tell us when we're wrong, which I'm sure occurs very often. (laughs) (laughs) Who? Us? Come on. Never, never, never. We thoroughly
1: research every topic and know absolutely everything about anything we talk about. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Thorough research. (laughs) That's why I'm always asking, what
0: do you think about this?
1: (laughs) Uh, At any rate, I, I would think that any formal education you have related to theater,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's probably not much different than a resume for any other sort of, I guess, professional application yeah. where you're you're showing experience as well as as well as education, formal educational yeah. background. Yeah. That does make sense. Probably yeah. is, but where community theater would fall into that, I would guess it probably depends on the director as
0: far as how much stock they take in it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, it's still experience because, yeah, I, I mean, I guess. The, the level of professionalism, the amount I've learned in a show, it kind of depends on the theater, on the director, on the role. It's a lot of stuff like, I mean, if I were trying to step into a professional audition, you know, I, I might not list Chuck Three in Foreplay <laughs> or The Art of the Fugue, but I would probably list John Proctor in The Crucible going, you know, okay, I've played this role. I I, I would think certain roles, certain shows would probably carry a little bit of weight perhaps moving on. but And I, I think de facto...
1: A lot of the theaters we've worked at and a lot of the productions we've been involved with or are aware of have followed a pretty professional process and held up to pretty mm-hmm. rigorous standards I would say as far as the quality of the product that they're putting on the stage
0: yeah, I think you know we talked before in, in another episode about the quality of the community theater shows and and how they're often really are on a professional level and you know, you're seeing a production that people have done in their spare time, put a whole lot of work and a whole lot of heart into. So,
1: and not get paid for it.
0: Exactly. And I mean, that's one of the questions, one of the reasons we're asking the question why community theater? Like, why would you do this when the only reward is the show? The satisfaction of. Yeah. the achievement of doing the show, uh, I whatever guess that's your role is, similar to you know why do people climb Mount Everest because it's there? Y- yeah, <laughs> why, why do you do community theater because it's there? Yeah, there are of course like benefits that you pick up outside the show itself. It's it's fun for us. You make friends usually. Doing it. <laughs> usually. <laughs> I can't say that's true. Of every production, no, nothing is always fun. You you have your bad shows and you're good, but I think overall we're doing it because we find it fun.
1: I would tend to think that if people found it an utterly miserable experience that they probably would not continue to do it over and over again.
0: Unless they're a masochist. Well, that's another possibility. Or they're an attention whore. Yeah, also possible. (laughs) That Uh, that tends to be the divas in your cast. But... Just doing it for the applause. Sorry, go ahead.
1: But it has a value as a social outlet, I think. I've certainly
0: used it as such. Yeah, Uh, I mean, we've talked about how many friends we've made over the years doing theater, including each other, so...
1: Yeah, it's become... Over the years, it's certainly become one of my primary social outlets outside Mm -hmm. of work, and it's pretty much replaced work in that regard, Yeah, because I don't really partake in a great deal of social activity within my work circle these days.
0: And I'm at a point where I'm freelancing now, so I have no co-workers. (laughs) So yeah, theater is going to be one of the few places I have for that social outlet, although I'm not working on any shows currently, so I have no social life. (laughs) Normally, it would be an opportunity to get out and... Spend time with people
1: with common interests. Mm-hmm. We got into theater friends before, but you still spend a lot of time together
0: and you yeah. do an activity that hopefully is fun and rewarding together. So. And our conclusion at the end of that episode is theater friends are just friends who do theater. I mean, there's, they're no yeah. different than any other friends. Yeah. You have that common interest built in. So sure. it's definitely a, an answer to the question why community theater is to, to hang out with friends.
1: Right. And even if you're not actively involved in a production at the time, you could still... Spend time with those friends by helping out with other productions. Yeah, absolutely. Like volunteering. Step in, do a little construction yeah.
0: or, or what have you. Yeah.
1: Do uh, ushering, serve uh, concessions, that
0: kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So let me cover how I kind of got started in all of this and, and why I continued, why I do community theater, and then maybe we can, you can talk about how why you do it. So Therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it is kind of therapeutic just talking it through. That's Tell much me how you there, feel right? about it, Glenn. I feel good. That's it. I just feel good. All right. <laughs> so I've been doing community theater now for over uh, over 20 years, maybe about 20 years. Sounds I think about I started, right. yeah. I mean, I started like in 99. So the, 99 was my first show, it was January 99. So I guess I started rehearsing in 98. Okay. So 20, 21 years in there. And this was something that was always kind of in the back of my head when I was in college. Taking, you know, my English courses, I remember taking a Shakespeare course, and one of one of the options we had was we could either write a paper or we could act out a scene in a Shakespeare play, okay. and I remember getting together with a group where we did that, and I just remember having a really fun time doing that, and, you know an easy time memorizing it. I I don't know if we've discussed that with Shakespeare. Personally, I find Shakespeare easy to memorize. Really? It's the rhythm of the lines. I just, it comes to me. The old iambic pentameter? Yes, when it actually is iambic pentameter, which is less often than you think, but we won't get into that unless we do an episode on Shakespeare.
1: You'll do all the talking on that one. I'll just sit and go (laughs) nod and go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: Hey, I got to use my master's degree for something. <laughs> uh, so I had that experience in college and I thought about, gee, maybe I should like try out for a show. And in because the, in the, the, I wasn't a theater major and I think it was mostly theater majors that did those. But
1: Right. And you, you've mentioned before in previous episodes that you had done theater before college yeah, a little bit here and there.
0: Very, very little. I was the last time I had been in a show was a sixth grade. That was the music man? uh, Fifth grade was the music man. Sixth grade was the fortune teller. Okay. Uh, And then I wasn't involved with it at all for a while. And then once I got into like high school, I was working uh, lights and sound. I did some of that. I operated Spotlight. I did a little bit of pit band for a community theater in Jersey called The Growing Stage, I think that was for. So I played pit band, trumpet for The Wizard of Oz. I remember that. So I was always kind of peripherally involved. And then I started a job in 97 in Berwyn, and I worked with somebody who was involved at Forge Theater and was like, hey, you should come by and audition for something." I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, come on. Come on by. So I went with her, so I had somebody to go with, and that was when I auditioned for All in the Timing, and I ended up getting in, as I mentioned earlier, as Chuck 3 in Foreplay or The Art of the Fugue.
1: And... Taken out of context, it sounds like you're some kind of a clone or something.
0: <laughs> Actually, so the the a four player, The Art of the Fugue, the general rundown of that, and I'm not sure. We may have mentioned We this talked about it before, episode. I think. But it's- We, we uh, don't need to necessarily rehash it. It's, one, it's one guy on three different- copies of the same yes, guy. Yes, it's the same guy at three different times. So there's three of us that are yeah. like, I think we all had a goatee. I think that <laughs> was how we- We all had a goatee. We all dressed alike. So you were all the evil one. Yes, we were all the evil one. I think originally we were supposed to grow a mustache because one of the three guys had a mustache already. So I think the director was like, well, if all three of you grow a mustache, you'll all oh. I'm like, can we do a goatee? So we convinced musta- mustache guy to grow a goatee. But side anyway, story. Side story. Related
1: to that. Yeah. Uh, when I got cast in Agatha Christie Made Me Do It, the script called for my character to have a mustache. Uh-huh. It was originally written in the 70s when mm-hmm. they were you know, considered pretty stylish at the time. Right. But we did this production in the 2000s, and I'm thinking, I don't really want to walk around (laughs) with a mustache at work and wherever else. So I convinced them to change it
0: to make it a circle beard. There you go. (laughs) So that was a side story to a side story. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my first show, and I got involved with that, and I had a really good time. Like, it didn't go perfect. I had my mistakes in there. I had one performance where I completely... Forgot my next line and froze on stage for what seemed like 20 minutes, but was probably closer to 20 seconds. (laughs) Still, that seems like a long time. Yeah, it it was a long time because I just completely forgot what my next line was. But, you know, got through that and made a lot of friends with that show because it was a really big cast because Mm -hmm. you're talking about a bunch of different vignettes. And while we weren't all rehearsing every night, you know, we'd we'd pass each other and coming and going and all of that. Um, That's where I met. Uh, Steve Schultz, who's been on this podcast before, right. and I've been friends with him for that long. and uh, the woman I work with was in there. Greg is another one that was actually in that. he he was in he was in the universal language with Maria. Who's Greg Glenn? <laughs> Greg Cassander. Okay. I don't recall if we actually mentioned him on the show
1: before. I don't think so.
0: But <laughs> we may eventually have him on. We okay. haven't yet. We've talked about getting him on. Yes. Greg, are you listening? Call us. call us. Two six seven. I think he knows
1: how to reach us regardless.
0: Yeah. Call us, Greg. (laughs) 267-225-8869. Or if anybody else wants to call, leave us a message or send us a text message. Anyway, so I made a lot of friends with that and immediately felt like I had this social outlet that had been missing. It felt like it was something that had been missing from my life. There was a hole in your life. There was a hole and it was a, a, a theater hole, apparently. So between that and I, of course, enjoyed getting laughs and things like that when I was on stage. So friends... People laughing at me. Wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> no, people laughing at, at my performance in a you good way. You don't have to way. be on stage for me to laugh at you. Glenn. No, you don't. Nobody needs me on stage to laugh at me. <laughs> but that was something that I just enjoyed. And I I wonder what would have happened had I not been cast in that first show. Like, would I have gone out again? Yeah, that—, that- it's hard to say because I hadn't been involved previously and I didn't know what to expect. Like, since then, I've been I've been rejected plenty of times since then. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> but you were back, but... kind
1: of at a formative point where mm-hmm. you hadn't really had too strong of a pre-established interest in theater. So if no. that one hadn't worked out, would you have been inclined or motivated to I audition don't know. again?
0: I don't I'm sure there's a parallel universe somewhere where I didn't get in that show. A and, tangent universe. Yes. and probably we, never <laughs> <met>. <laughs> we never met. We never or, met or either that or I did go back and audition for something else and... Who knows, right? But
1: I'll get a little bit more into that
0: in my story. But we'll continue. go ahead. No, that's pretty much it. Let's that's hear, it. Let, let's hear what your story. All right. is. That's why I got involved, and I've stayed involved because because of reasons that are pretty <laughs> much the same as those reasons. Yeah, okay. it's fun. I make friends, and I get laughed at. So what's well what so more it's not can to keep I ask coming for? back for more? Yes. Well, I've I had a bit
1: of a uh, longer history with some involvement in theater throughout my life. Mm-hmm. We did those stupid pageanty kind of sing-along plays in elementary school. I yeah. kind of took a liking to those when I, uh, being on stage and memorizing lines and being able to spit them back out again. Yeah. Uh, I continued with that during my middle school years through summer drama workshops because I didn't really have any opportunities in school mm-hmm. at the time. When I got in high school, I kept at it because we had a pretty rigorous. Rigorous is not really the right word, but a pretty involved theater program there, doing two shows a year.
0: Active, I think is the word you're looking for. Active, <laughs>
1: yes. Thank you. Sure. And I was involved in some capacity with all eight of the shows that were performed during my time in high school. Mm-hmm. I continued with in college, although I waited till sophomore year. I got involved with Lehigh's University's theater department, although that was a situation where I was already... What I was majoring in, I was at the point where, you know, no professional interest whatsoever in theater. Right. This is going to be, whatever part this stays in my life, this is just going to be for fun, uh, a hobby kind of a thing. I chose a completely different vocation that had absolutely nothing to do with it. But fortunately, Lehigh was set up as such that even if I were not enrolled in their theater program, undergraduate, I could still participate in their productions. And that's what I did. I... I believe it was four, four productions I was involved with during my time there. Mm-hmm. I had the option to take credit for any of those, really, just about, maybe, except one possibly, but I think I only did that once. Again, because I was trying to separate, okay, this is really not part of my academic reason for being here.
0: Right, you're just doing it for fun.
1: Yeah, and yeah. again, it was, just, it was a thing where I didn't have to officially sign up mm-hmm. to get course credit to be in the show. Like every show they do, if you got cast in it, would be a course effectively, and you'd get credits toward it.
0: Man, I wish I could have had that option. But I, <laughs> I probably would have
1: taken that. I needed the credits <laughs> for the most part. I declined that option, except I think once I uh-huh. did take it. Easy A. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would think. Yeah. Anyway, so I graduated college. This is around 2000, and I took probably about six months to kind of just get my get on my feet professionally, get used to working full time. I think it was around. December of that year that I went to my first community theater audition at Village Players of Hatboro. I did not get cast in that. I probably talked about this already before. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't try again for like nine months after that. The next time I tried it was Forge Theater auditioned for Death Defying Acts. And I made the mistake of casting. And the rest is history. (laughs) Thanks a lot. You're welcome.
0: You've ruined my life. (laughs) But have I ruined it or have I enhanced it? (laughs) I'll go for the latter. Because that's kind of why we're doing community theater. It enhances our lives. Correct. So
1: that filled, you know, a gap socially or extracurricularly that was not part of my day job, Mm -hmm. where I could meet people and establish another social circle and kind of have continue to go back to it for all those
0: reasons. Yeah. I mean how much enjoyment do you feel that you get out of audience reaction when you're on stage? It depends on what the reaction is (laughs) and how distracting it (laughs) is. is, Have they booed you?
1: (laughs) No, I don't think anybody's booed me. But yeah, there's certainly some satisfaction for putting on a production that people enjoy. So long as, at least with me, so long as I find that it doesn't take me out of the moment of what I'm trying to accomplish.
0: Yeah, that, that can be tricky sometimes. And I know, you know, we've talked about your issues with that and, and how it's kind of kept you away sometimes, but
1: yeah. Well, from certain things, I guess. Right.
0: I don't, it's funny. I do in the moment, I enjoy the audience feedback. I definitely, like if I'm doing a comedy or something, I do kind of thrive on getting those laughs in the moment, but I, I generally don't get distracted from them. I do manage to stay in character. I'm sure I've had some spots where I've broken or almost broken, So I do enjoy getting that audience feedback, you know, particularly in in a comedy when the laughter and that. But I don't feel like I I don't think that in any way is an answer to why I do community theater. I do enjoy getting that feedback, but you're not an attention whore. No, I'm not. I'm not (laughs) an attention whore. I, I don't really it's not something where I'm like, yes, I want to soak that up and it makes me feel so good about myself. What, mm-hmm. I, I tend to hold myself to my own standards rather than the audience's standards. And my own standards are usually higher than the audience's. <laughs> so that is actually sometimes not an enjoyable part of it for me. I definitely had problems with that when I first started directing where to me, nothing was good enough. And I had trouble watching my own shows when I directed them. Right. Whereas now I'm more comfortable with that. I do tend to beat myself up if I like, have a scene and i make a mistake or I, I drop a line or whatever when i come back off stage after that scene i i like i get really mad at myself. Yeah. So that's not a reason i do community <laughs> theater.
1: <laughs> well, i i agree as far as holding yourself up to a higher standard. I've felt the same way when i've performed and Yeah. That's probably why you know if i say that i'm being critical of my performance and what i do, mm-hmm. you know, it could be things that other people don't see or Feel yeah, the same I, way about.
0: I think it's so often is that, like, you know, I've come off stage and thought I did a horrible job, whereas the people in the audience probably didn't even notice anything at Right? All. yeah. You know, yeah. sure, there are certain things that I have messed up royally, like, you know, walking when I'm supposed to be in a wheelchair. Uh, I'm sure we've covered that before. That kind of thing. Yeah, the audience is going to notice that. But audiences tend to be pretty forgiving. They tend to be more forgiving than I am of myself.
1: Probably. I will say, though, as far as back to the question of why we do it, I will mm-hmm. certainly say that there is... An inherent satisfaction with having the audience enjoy the show.
0: Absolutely. And I feel that even more when I direct. That's what I want. I want that I want to feel like, yeah, the audience gets what we're putting out there and they're enjoying it, they're following it, they're laughing at the things that I find funny, they're paying attention when the the plot is churning. Yeah. That sort of thing. I get I, I do get a thrill out of that.
1: Absolutely. There is a huge amount of satisfaction.
0: Yeah. But it's only directing for me. I don't I don't get that same feeling when I'm acting.
1: Well, I think that is the one thing I do particularly like about directing. Yeah. In the circumstance of, okay, once the show opens, you can kind of sit back and take that in a little bit more and appreciate that, appreciate yeah, where yeah. all this hard work brought you to as far as putting a product out there that people are enjoying.
0: Exactly. I think when we start, we've got this vision in mind. And then that vision has to get adjusted as you have your cast and and you know realism sets in for what you actually can do. <laughs> Unforeseen circumstances crop yeah. up. So when you actually get that show staged and then you can sit back and be like, okay, here's here's my baby. What does the audience think of yep. it and that kind of thing? And that is definitely that, that's a thrill. That's a that is a reason oh, why I direct. Yeah. Acting is a little bit of a different animal in a way, and and I do it for different reasons than I direct.
1: Yeah, it, it's a t- totally different perspective because you're still in the moment, you're mm-hmm. still in the thick of it, and you still have to keep working at it to try to get uh, what you're hoping to get from the audience. Yeah, exactly. Whereas On as, a a director, basis.
0: as a director, your, your job is done and there's nothing else you can really do.
1: But I think in either case, no matter what role I've had in a particular production, it's always been rewarding to get a good, favorable response from Absolutely. the audience and yeah. hear them just... Genuinely enjoying what they just saw.
0: That is, and I do think that is one of the answers to the question why community yeah. theater is to entertain. Yeah, you know, you want an audience that's there, and you want them to be entertained. I mean, I if mean, it's
1: something, if it's something that you inherently enjoy yourself, it's also even more enjoyable to share that with other people and have them enjoy it too. Yeah,
0: I think it is a lot of sharing. I, I think that's a lot of what community theater is about. It's sharing it with the audience. It's sharing your experience uh, among the cast and the crew yep. because you have that common experience of doing the show you know you're playing different roles but it's all one show and you're all working together and it's a camaraderie and there's a certain amount of camaraderie with the audience it's granted it's separated by that the fourth wall but
1: but that's what live theater is all about you're experiencing all of this together yes and there's one other reason yeah as far as the why the goes. pay no, <laughs> no but- well there are very few opportunities that actually do involve some stipend potentially yeah. but Definitely not, not an answer to why. <laughs>
0: no, if you're looking for not money- a very good one, yeah, anyway. Yeah,
1: if you're looking for money, community theater is not where you look. The why, though, the last why that I can think of before we wrap up would be mm-hmm. all the wonderful stories you get to tell afterward. This is true. Like, I mean, what well, exactly what we're doing
0: right now. Yeah, I guess without doing community theater, we wouldn't really have this podcast, and we wouldn't have you listening in. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. Yes. I mean, it's a very different sort of thing, because we're sharing this with an audience that- while we're sitting here chatting with each other, feels uh, hypothetical a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> they're so, there. They're out there. I know. I know they're out there. I, I see the downloads. But, you know, if you want to tell us that you're out there, you can always email us, podcast at backstage.link.
1: Or, again, that number, 267-225-8869, if you care to leave us a voicemail or text
0: message. Or you can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash pod. Or Twitter, at The Backstage Pod. And of course, our website, backstage.link.
1: And if you have enjoyed listening to this show or any of our other previous episodes, please subscribe if you haven't already, or leave a review, or please
0: tell your friends. Yeah, if you subscribe, you'll know, you'll automatically get those new episodes. We're on, well, we're on whatever you're listening to us on, so I really don't have to tell you what we're on. (laughs) What are (laughs) are are we we on, What are you guys on? (laughs) So that's about, that pretty much wraps up why we do community theater. Uh, You can tune in next week. Uh, we'll be talking about I don't know what. I've completely lost track of things, as you can tell. We're making it up up as we go along anymore. Pretty much. It'll be as much of a surprise to you as it is to us. That's the other thing you can contact us for. If you have an idea of what you'd like us to babble about in an episode, let us know. Send that idea, podcast at backstage.link, or call or text us at 267-225-8869. But try not to keep it
1: too obscure, like 1920s hairstyles for women or something like that.
0: 1920s theater hairstyles for women that would be fine okay yeah <laughs> so tune in next week for our episode on 1920s hairstyles in theater for women <laughs> and until then I'm Glenn and I'm Jim and thank you for joining us backstage bye
1: bye all right dear we're starting that's a whole business I have no idea how it works
0: uh, well that's my business now
1: uh-huh killing is my business and business
0: is good I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have any money. <laughs> what I do have is a particular set of skills.
1: There is no day now, only so. See? There you go. What a lovely singing voice you must have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's an outtake for you. Oh, well, that's. Yeah, if that even makes the outtake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nobody does. Or, <laughs> nobody needs that. Blah, 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 speaking of outtakes. The backstage show has been taped
1: yeah. in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> What's tape after all?
0: Oh, well, you we could be like uh, engineered by Jim Balseret. Yes. And edited by Glenn Eric Reed.
1: Yes. Or you could make up a bunch of fictional names like the guys on Car Talk used to do. Yeah. Our Russian limousine driver is Peek Off and Drop Off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Please sorry. don't. I thought-